Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by Alicia Campbell. Alicia is a songwriter, actor, and COO of a small business who seeks to create beauty, ignite new ideas, and live with deep appreciation for all that lights up her path. She is currently working on an album and has developed this project at two different arts residencies, one in Maine and one in upstate New York. She has designed sound for a show in the New York Fringe Festival and wrote music and lyrics for a children's musical that ran at an Equity Regional Theater in 2016. Her acting and modeling work has included brands such as Britta and Lancome. In addition to her artistic pursuits, she has spent four years running operations for a professional home organizing company based in New York City. Okay, before I bring Alicia on, I just want to share two quick things. Um, This isn't one of them, but if you do hear my radiator raging behind me, I'm so sorry. I'm doing my best to (laughs) control the sound. Um, Okay, so one of the stories I didn't touch on during this episode was back in September of 2018, I remember going to Rockaway with Alicia. It was right after I'd moved to the city and we went on a little excursion. It was my first time in Rockaway, the beach, Rockaway Beach, and I was really excited because years ago, my uncle Terry wrote this song called The Irish Riviera about Rockaway Beach and about the time that he and my dad and their family had spent going uh, in their childhood from the Bronx to to Rockaway for their summer vacation. Um, And the song really does feel like waves, like it's very relaxing. And I sat on the beach with Alicia. It was completely empty. And we listened to the song and it was just the perfect person, circumstance, day uh, to experience that in that way. It was so cool. And it was also kind of a recent discovery for me because I don't remember how I recalled knowing that song, but there's only one live recording at the time. There's only one live recording in existence. So I went to my Uncle Terry and I was like, I, I, I remember Celtic Thunder doing this song Rockaway, something Rockaway like that, but um, I I can't remember anything else about it. And he was so excited, and he was like, "I can't believe you remember that one." Sent me the live recording, and we've now re-recorded a new rendition for our Winter Family album that should be coming out soon, hopefully. But all this to say, Alicia's music has a very similar feel to me. It's very centering it's very relaxing and centering and um i didn't have the opportunity to share any of her work in the body of this episode but i got permission to share a little bit up top here um so this particular piece which i'm going to play a snippet of is titled moving journal entries and it was recorded in november of 2022 She describes it as something between a poem, a meditation, and a song, and it was born out of uh, a daily routine of sitting and listening to the birds in a rocking chair and caring for her flower garden. The other day, my tea bag told me that change is all that is certain. And I laughed because I thought it was funny. Funny and true. Funny because I was just thinking about how some things are unchanging. The way... The steam curls over the lip of my mug in the cool morning light. The feeling when the salty waves crash into me, my feet rooted into the expansive unknown. The way I gasp every time my gaze drinks in the Milky Way. 
the incredible symmetry of the human body, the way my fingers and palms meet, the fervor with which I meet my creative flow, the way the right place at the right time with the right person electrifies my life with wonder, the feeling when I see a past love, a stranger, a best friend, a memory. I hate to cut it off there, but please go listen to the rest of that composition and more at her website, www.alishakcampbell.com. And without further ado, here's Alicia. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Alicia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that we're going to talk a lot today about balance because, yes. wow, you're busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also have to admit, I usually have a more uh robust script for this not script but just um planned questions and as I was reading through you know what you might want to talk about too I was like oh my gosh I feel like we're gonna go down so many rabbit holes that I'm so excited to explore so I do have plenty of questions but I'm also just excited to see where this conversation leads us I love that me too honestly (laughs) um so I know let's start here I there were two things that you pointed out to me that I really wanted to touch on and I think probably relate to uh the thing that is probably weighing most heavily on your mind right now so um you mentioned one, remaining open to serendipities and nudges along the way, and two, being open and available to inspired change. And this is the moment where I let the people know that you are moving to LA on Sunday with a one-way ticket. Correct. That's (laughs) crazy. I know. I truly, I don't, um, I can't believe it a little bit, but I also can, you know, like I think I have always sort of had an idea of my life, right? And there was something in my gut that was like, you know, I feel like I'm going to spend around three years in New York and then I'm going to go somewhere else and I don't know where yet, but probably LA. And, you know, that was just sort of a thought in my system. Um, and that's kind of what's time. like happened because you, did you spend three yeah. years in New York? Weirdly enough, it was about three years in New York. And then when COVID hit, I ended up going back and forth um, between Pennsylvania and New York for a few years. And I um, gave up my apartment and adjusted to life in rural Pennsylvania, which was a strange and interesting and enlightening and beautiful experience. Um, Two of my best friends moved home as well. And we call it a second childhood in certain ways. Um, that's such a, like a positive outlook on a thing that a lot of people complained a lot about. (laughs) I know. Well, it wasn't all sunshine and butterflies all the time. Of course, you know, there've been ups and downs and I think I'm feeling that right now at like a few days before I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, wow. Like pulling apart my room as I pack, like all these emotions are coming up and it's like the excitement for the future. And then also just, you know, it's nice to be comfortable sometimes and I'm stepping into a new life. It really feels that way. What are you most looking forward to? I think the creative community there. Mm. I already feel like it's a good omen because I booked my first um, acting gig out there. Get out of here. Yeah. No way. Uh, Oh my God. What are you doing? I'm going to be making a short film. Um, Brendan, who was, I think, on uh-huh. the podcast before, um, he's the other actor in it. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we're going to film in February, and I'm really pumped about that. That's um, so cool. Excited. A lot of Penn State people have ended up in L.A. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I've been so just my heart has been warmed by how kind everyone has been. All of the Penn Staters who I reached out to out there. Like they all met up with me, gave me so many tips, oh, showed me around. Yeah. I just really, it's been a very positive experience so far. Good. I actually have never been, so maybe this will be a good reason for me to come oh my visit. Gosh, yes. <laughs> Please. That's exciting. So, okay. You're looking forward to the creative community. Are there any things that you're feeling emotional about leaving? I, yeah, I think 
New York would have been very convenient for me as my um, place. And I wanted it to be my place so badly, Mm -hmm. right? Like um, the company right now that I help run is in New York. Um, I have people in New York. I, there's so much about New York that I love, but I think there are times when we get to a point in our lives where it's like, I'm being asked to take a risk right now. And it hit me like a wave one day and I knew it was the right choice. And I was like, okay, I have to do the hard thing. So um, New York is always there for me to go visit. And it's even more beautiful in that way. Like I got to see you when I came in for a week recently. And um, so, yeah, I think letting go of the life that I, you know, that would have been nice. Yeah, (laughs) That's been the biggest adjustment, um, I suppose. Okay. So in terms of this um, serendipities and nudges along the way and your intuition, it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with your intuition now, but is that something that you actively worked on or is that something that was kind of natural to you? Yeah, I've actively worked on it. Um, I, (laughs) what's funny is sometimes I still am not used to listening to it in the moment when it's like telling you to do something that you're like, well, that's a little crazy. Like, are you sure that's a good idea? Um, so I am still like a toddler with this, right? <laughs> but um, I have experienced, I know where it is in my body, for example, like mm-hmm. I feel it in the center of me and it usually comes up when I'm in action doing something, right? Like it doesn't come all the time in just like meditation or sometimes mm-hmm. it does, but there's this very active form of intuition that arises for me that that's the one I'm like, oh, it's asking me to make a choice right now. It's telling me, you know, don't go to this place or do go to this instead, you know, mm-hmm. like very um, active things. Do you know what's funny is um, I don't think I realized that my intuition, that I wasn't uh, in touch with it in college and it wasn't until I had a pretty significant breakup where I, one night, I remember this so vividly. I was like debating what I wanted to have for dinner. And it's not like I necessarily, this was not a toxic thing to ask someone else. Like if you're in a partnership, like, oh, I'm debating mm-hmm. what to have for dinner. And it was the first time that I realized that I was asking myself that and I didn't have someone to like just casually say that to. Mm -hmm. and then I was like no I know exactly what I want for dinner this is what I want for dinner and then I went and got that for dinner and I was like oh my gosh it can even extend to like what should I wear to out or what should I do here and 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 realizing that oh my gosh I've, I've constantly always asked someone else their opinion and then kind of being alone with your own opinion and just like and just accepting that and like leaning into what you know you want to do and what you know is right for you um it started really small for me and I feel like it's built uh it's built up pretty consistently since then but I feel like this is the year where I'm like really in touch with it that's awesome yeah I hard to build though and it's I think sometimes when you're around people all the time too or you're always with someone when you're making these choices it Mm -hmm. can it's not that you're actively not listening to it. It's just sometimes a, you're a very empathetic, like mm-hmm. person you're picking up on the other, like it just becomes it's just influence in a different thing. way. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not a bad or good influence. It's kind of indifferent. It's just, there is influence, but when yeah. you are just more in touch with your yourself in that way, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see what other outcomes happen. Totally. Totally. Okay, so we can get a little bit out of the esoteric now. I do want to hear <laughs> all about <laughs> um, your creative pursuits and what's happening. And you're making an album, and that's really cool. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. It's been a long time in the making, um, and it feels very dear to my heart and my essence. Um, and it is, um, it's. I'd say it's like indie folk music. Okay. Um, I but love that. Yeah. I feel like it's a very um, intentionally curated selection of songs. And, you know, what I found is over the last few years writing this, it's like I write like four or five songs and then one of them stays. Right. And then I write four or five more in the same world. And one of them wants to be on the album. Mm -hmm. So 
I think I've, um, I've released certain shoulds around what it needed to look like, what it needs to look like for, you know, how it gets on Spotify, exactly what it's going to sound like. I'm like prepared to, you know, have the vision in my brain and in my heart and then let others in to help create. Um, so that's what I'm in the process of right now. I just, um, I'm like chatting. You with- had to build a foundation, you mean? Yeah, I think so. It's an interesting process because I try to do a lot myself, right? right? I think, you know, it's it's just in my nature to try to take it from start to finish myself and have it be perfect. That's been something I've been rewriting. Um, but at this point, you know, I'm chatting with a producer and if I can articulate my vision clearly, then I can bring in other people who are brilliant at what they do Mm -hmm. to help me bring it to, you know, fruition in the way that I want it to be, you know? Okay. So what indie folk, what is the essence? Like where does it, where does it come from? What is it representing? I think it comes from a period of growth and healing, um, in my life. Mm -hmm. I think you know, from, from pain, as they say, grows like, you know, beautiful discoveries and, you know, your light shines that much brighter. And I think, you know, I, I went through a period of really, um, understanding myself in a new way and growing. And I read women who run with the wolves, which is my favorite book. Um, and I was, uh, you know, that was a big inspiration in writing this music too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I haven't read that one. Oh, it's so good. Um, But she looks at all of these old stories through the lens of psychology as if all of these characters were part of the female psyche. And it's just so beautiful. And I think reading that book, I was like, wow, I'm I'm really not alone in feeling these like complicated things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of the origin. And then I, you know, took it to a few arts residencies and continued growing it. But I'd say it's poetic. Um, it's really introspective. It's about, um, like my experience and then also reflecting back experiences I've seen with my friends. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's about kind of the oneness really that we all have, but through the lens of my own experience. Oh, I'm so excited. So these artist residencies, did this, did they catapult you to be able to create this kind of work or was this something you were already kind of cooking up yourself or I should um, I should rephrase this and in maybe you'll relate to this I think I've shared this with you before but my relationship to singing and to music has changed over the years pretty drastically um, as my understanding of music and what music can be and what singing can be has also changed and where my voice lives in music mm-hmm. and and coming to terms with all that and embracing it further because uh I have a more expansive view and a more inclusive view um so I just wonder about what the the residencies what the impact they had on on your creative journey with honestly this. such a huge impact I'm I'm so grateful for the time spent there and um you know I had I had ideas brewing, especially before the one in Maine. Um, and, but really getting there, that was the time where it was birthed. Like that was the start. Um, and I think that one was really instrumental in launching this. Um, and that week has just such a special place in my heart. Is this the one that you, that you met Tommy? Yes. Okay. This, <laughs> I know I've, I've brought it up with you so many times, but just for, for anyone listening, this was just too weird of a coincidence. Um, Alicia went up to this artist residency in Maine and just by happenstance, the, the theater sent a volunteer to go pick her up from the train or something. Yeah. Right? The bus stop. The bus stop. Yeah. yeah. And it just so happened to be my mom's cousin, Tommy, who picked her up. And I don't know how you guys figured that out, <laughs> but I got like a text, I think, from both of you. Like, I'm with Alicia. I'm with Tommy. And I, I think just, we sent you a photo of us. Yeah, together. it's just such a small world. I couldn't believe that. I 
No. Also, you want to hear a small world story. This is slightly unrelated, but I, um, you know, I was looking for a sublet in LA. I found a place. It ended up falling through, but she added me to this WhatsApp group. I am on this WhatsApp group. I connect with this person who, you know, we just really clicked. I I don't know if I would, you know, sublet yet. Um, We're figuring that out, but um, we really clicked. Guess what? I'm looking at your podcast thinking I should listen to a few episodes, get a feel for it. She was interviewed on your podcast. What? Who? Ida. No way. Yes. Oh my gosh. She's awesome. Oh, you she would really get along. She is so cool. Yeah. I just could not even believe it. So I was listening That's to crazy. that. Yeah. From That's crazy. We actually, night, we met from, um, uh, she was living in Greenpoint and I interviewed her for, um, I, I also freelance write for Greenpointers, which is a Brooklyn-based publication. And um, she was having an art show in the area and she was living in the area at the time. So I went to the show and it was one of those things where it was like a Sunday afternoon. I really didn't want to leave the house. I was like kind of in a bad mood for some reason, but I knew I had to write this article and I was like going to go to the you know exhibit. Mm-hmm. And I went and it was just like a transfer transformative experience like her energy like you had to be present you couldn't show up and you know walk in and walk out like she just completely takes you in and it was so lovely so I was like I think we need to continue this conversation (laughs) I know it's such a small world wow that's wild I know. Um, but anyway, yeah, cool. I, I loved seeing your uncle. And <laughs> I'm sure we'll find more ways to connect and cross paths in the future with maybe your whole family. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, just when I listen to your stuff, it's I think one of the reasons I asked too about LA and New York and, and Pennsylvania is because it's clear that it just reminds me of nature. Like your work just reminds me of nature and it's clear that you are pretty inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love feeling that when I hear it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, that is absolutely true to an inspiration for me. Um, I truly got in the habit of sitting on my porch with my coffee in the morning, listening to the birds and just sitting there and, um, it was almost like accidental meditation, really. Um, I do appreciate meditation, but I mm-hmm. often have a very, you know, busy mind. And uh-huh. and this was the best way for me to like, I'm just listening to the birds. Like it's something to focus on almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it changed my perspective on meditation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so inspired by nature. And I think that was part of the reason the city wasn't fully sustainable for me just I'd go every day to Prospect Park every day and <laughs> this still you wasn't enough when you come back and you can uh stay with me I have a backyard now get out I know it's a little space Dean and I do something we call coffee in a chapter where we'll just sit outside and have a cup of coffee and like read our books <laughs> and I'm thinking actually that. in the summer about um, doing coffee in a chapter with friends because I got this new coffee pot so I can make like <laughs> 12 cups or something. We're going to limit it to 12 people because that's all the coffee I can make. But everyone can come. We can read for like, you know, 30 minutes or something. If you want to talk, you go inside and then we transform it into a Saturday, you know. But that's just, incredible. Just a that little absolutely sounds like a fun time. communal way to start the weekend. <laughs> Um, oh, I love that. I know. Well, like you, I, I, I've really craved, I think it's taken a long time to develop a community and like an artistic community. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And even in this city where people are not far, they feel far. Um, and just the work to continue cultivating that is so important to me. So I'm glad that you are entering one in LA. That's big. Yeah. Well, and I think my um, perspective on location, community, like it's all been shifting lately, especially in the last year or so, because I just feel like community can exist in so many forms and in many different places. 
But the like most important thing is like, am I lit up right now in my life? Is my environment supporting me? And if it's not, then what am I going to do to create an environment that supports me? Mm. Um, so I think having that balance, you, you didn't say, we'll talk about balance now balance of fast and slow, the balance of what kinds of communities I'm entering into and trusting that the people who are meant to be in, you know, our lives and in our, you know, circles, they'll show up and they'll be there. Um, And I think the more authentic I'm getting in what I'm creating and just who I am in this world, the quicker the kinds of people who I want to be surrounded by are showing up as well. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you too about, uh, you commented, um, in our little pre-interview about the process of recovering your creative spirit. So I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I I know we both like (laughs) sigh a little bit. No, there's so many expectations from us in this world. Aren't there just like so many things. Balance. This is what I'm saying. I knew we were going to talk about balance in so many words. Yeah. I think being honest with myself about, okay, what is my capacity right now? And, and what am I doing every day with my time? And if I'm putting it in places that are not feeding me, for example, or like nurturing me, then I need to put some of that energy into things that are nurturing me, right? Like it's just a redistribution of my energy. and. I think I had gotten so wrapped up in in work that I I lost and it, it wasn't work's fault, right? It's like it's your experience with something that of course there's an endless amount to do. But also you have to be able to say this is this is when my day ends or this is reasonable to complete in a day and then I get to put my energy into, you know, some creative work. And I think with all of this it's like it's not investing in one thing isn't bad if it's you know fueling you but how do i phrase this exactly it's like it's like there has to be a variety like you can't mm. you can't just even write music all day and then never eat or sleep or like hang out with friends like yeah. everything in moderation yeah so was there just a time where you were doing less creative pursuits because you were working a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a mix of that. And then also just, you know, the pandemic, I think I, I just completely stopped writing music, um, Mm. because it didn't feel available to me at that time. Um, like it, you weren't inspired or. Yeah. I mean, everything I, everything I thought about writing and music beforehand, it just kind of all went out the window during, COVID because I was like, what am I writing about right now? Like, it almost feels, I don't know, selfish to write, or I don't know what the world is anymore or everything I thought. Like, yeah, I know. I, 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 I struggled with purpose a lot during that time. And I remember cause I, my job shut down. And so I was just home and, you know, doing nothing. And, feeling purposeless and uninspired. And I remember my mom was like, I was like, I just can't think of a reason to get up. And she was like, well, you can organize the Tupperware. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I know. I hear that. I think a lot of people had a hard experience with this where, you know, everything just was different all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think inspiration is so important for all human beings, whether that's through nature or art or connection. Yeah. Um, so to not have a lot of that was hard. And I think being able to envision what you want also can feed. It's like there's inspiration and then there's envisioning things. And yeah. they meet somewhere in the middle because I feel like in a lot of ways you have to be exposed to the thing that you want to be able to see it for yourself or you know the inspiration serves your purpose and your goals um and to not have either of those yeah because you can't see you can't see what's possible 
You're so right. I think that's really wise. And yeah, I think not being able to see totally changes things because all of a sudden it has this like meandering energy almost. That's what I was experiencing for a while when things weren't clear. I couldn't make plans. Everything would fall through. You know, I went back to New York because I booked this commercial that then they weren't following any COVID protocols and this happened and that happened. And so then I ended up not doing it. And then I'm like back in New York. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think having that hope again and being able to see the future and create the future, like finally, when that happened, it was a huge relief. Can you tell just in terms of envisioning, can you tell the story about, um, that you shared with me about envisioning your website? Cause I feel like that's oh, a yeah. tangible way for people to understand. Totally. Okay. So truly like manifesting or anything like that has always seemed a bit um, like, I don't really, I don't fully get it. Right. Like, of (laughs) course I'm a creative and I can create something based on what I'm seeing or feeling or inspired to make, but like truly manifesting. That was my first embodied experience where I was like, Oh, that's what it is. Like (laughs) I, um, I was glad that you said that because People say manifest X, Y, Z, but it's not really easy. <laughs> it's not always easy. Yeah. It's like, I think also working on your, working on just like being happy and content and inspired in your own life. Like that's one thing, but like to actively fuse it with something you're creating is another. And I yeah. think that's that part of the experience that is a little tricky if you don't quite know how to do it or yeah. like, or honestly, if you don't feel inspired to do it for a particular thing. But I think this was so aligned in my heart as something I wanted to make. So that was kind of like step one. Your <laughs> website, your new yeah. new and improved website. I, I was ready to redo it. My current website didn't feel like me. Um, and so, yeah, I took this inspired trip to um, Kingston, New York, and I'm sitting by the water. I have my iPad out and I'm like, what do I want this website to look like? And I start writing, drawing a little bit, writing like my bio page. And I started writing the things that I had done in the last few years or last. And I was like, well, that's not very exciting. And I was feeling kind of like down on myself, like, well, you should have been further or like you could have been further. It would be cooler if you could say this. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, let me write this how I want to write this, like with the bio that I know I will have one day and Mm. lean into that energy and that confidence that is there. Like, there's no reason why I should be feeling down. So, so did you write a bio that you were like hoping for? Oh yeah. Oh my God. And I wrote about all kinds of things, all areas of my life. I wrote about, you know, truly not just creative stuff. I wrote about everything and I was just loving it. (laughs) This is so interesting because I, um, Okay. During the pandemic, I worked with a career counselor, life coach in some way. Um, I actually did have her on very early. Um, She worked with me and a friend pro bono, which was so generous, but it really, 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 really helped my like understanding of what I can do and how I can apply it anywhere I want to apply it to, you know, should I, should I wish? Um, And there was one point where she asked me to write um, a fictionalized story, a short story about my 10-year high school reunion. And I put it, I put it off for a while. And then one day I just like sat down and tried to write it. And I I actually included it in my, my little book, um, Five Years Unplanned, but it Which was so funny. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. It was funny because after I wrote it, <laughs> I, I, I was able to fictionalize a little bit, but I was like, this is so hard for me to write something that feels too out of pocket. Um, that feels not necessarily unrealistic, but just like, God, I'm just, I'm somewhere between, I'm not a pessimist, but I'm definitely a realist. Mm. So it's challenging for me to envision or manifest um, something that feels too out there. Um, But I did have actually my first experience succeeding in that realm 
not even on purpose this year in April, I was in, I was, I think I was in Cancun with my two roommates and all of a sudden I was able to visualize like myself on a balcony with a cup of coffee and like allegedly my family in the room behind me, you know, or something, um, like looking out at the water and I was like comfortable, you know? And I was like, okay, wow. That was the first time I could visualize something futuristic. That was a nice, (laughs) a nice thing, like not like a scary, um, thing I'm afraid of happening or, uh, worst case scenario situations that you can envision. Um, so I'm getting better at it, but I think I could start with the bio. I think I could start with the bio. The the short story was tough. I would encourage you to try it and see how you feel. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I have also been there where I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's a little too crazy. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's not the thing that's actually important to me then. Like, Hmm. I don't know, just reorienting, like, what are the things I prioritize? How do I want to feel? What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does, like, all of those things, and then being open to how, how it can show up and surprise you. Um, But yeah, the bio version was the most grounded and, um, like, brain- oriented process I've ever done. So yeah, I I will try the short story. Um, I've always said my 10 year class reunion, I've said this for years and it's coming up this year. I was going to say, I think that's part of the reason that it was hard to write. Cause I was like, this is like literally next year. (laughs) I can't imagine all this happening in a year. I know. I mean, I've always said I'd be filming something and I, I won't be able to go, but who knows? (laughs) No, that's very possible. That does not feel out of pocket. That feels very possible, especially since you'll be in LA. So who knows? It might be. I know things can change so fast though. I, that is something that I've, well, and that's why, I mean, the reason that I put together this book was because I just dumped all my writing onto my computer one day and I noticed like I've personally never believed in a five-year plan mm-hmm. um, in part because of this whole realist thing that it's just how could anyone possibly understand what's going to happen in five years or like in, anticipate um, because so much happens that you have no control over and and it just affects your trajectory. You can't Absolutely. help it. It just does. And so I've I've had a hard time reconciling that. And you could tell in my writing over the past five years just how uh chaotic the, the five years have been because um working through all these feelings and and experiences um but i think i came to the conclusion i won't spoil it but i think i came to the conclusion that i still don't necessarily believe in them but i do accept the fact that you can have a five year plan and acknowledge that it's subject to change i love that and i'm with you like i think the most important thing is being like feeling like you're going somewhere. It really doesn't yeah. matter where you're going, right? Like <laughs> the yeah. specifics don't really matter so much, but like being excited about the journey you're on is the whole point. Yeah. And I and I get it in terms of, okay, if this is my goal in the future, what steps do I need to take first to get there? That's totally reasonable. It's more of just like, okay, in five years and what, like 32 like I don't know it's just um it's hard for me to imagine what my life is going to be like then because my life five years ago was completely different and I don't think I would have been able to envision this one yeah so absolutely and also just I've had to question like what really will make me happy and release some things of like oh well you know I don't necessarily need that. Like my, my happiness is not conditioned or con- conditional to having X, Y, Z. Is so, that like career oriented or like small things? I think all kinds of things. Um, I'm honestly just, I've had a little bit of a stressful day today, but overall oh. I'm like feeling the happiest I've ever been the most um, loved and the most loving towards others. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have the most balance I've ever had. Like all the things are good right now. Okay. So balance, 
again, just going to keep bringing this word up. Um, you are the COO of a small business, and I am just dying to hear about how that came to be and how you do balance your work with your artistic endeavors. Yeah. So I actually um, was uh, in New York looking for a new job and a girl who I had met um, at a regional theater contract in Pennsylvania was posting pictures of these organized apartments that she was working on. And I was like, her job looks really cool. So I reached out to her um, and I ended up becoming a part-time organizer for this company, this lovely company called Horderly. Um, and I was just working once or twice a week. And then a few months in, they ended up offering me a salaried position. And it was kind of a big deal for the company at that I time. Because like that's a big deal small. also just like when you're an actor in the city and yeah, I mean, no one has a salary. You know? I know. And, you know, they're it's really admirable because the founders, you know, they told me they were like, you know, Horderly was built on a passion. So like we, of course, support your other passions too. So I really found a space where I could show up as my full self and it wasn't huge. bad that I was an artist as well. Yeah. And it doesn't make me less of a leader in the company either. Mm. You know, these things coexist. And in fact, the more I grow in my artistic and personal life, the more I bring to the table for work and vice versa. Mm. I feel like that um, is such a testament to what you were saying earlier about environments because it didn't, this did not occur to me early on and it should have, but in terms of spending my time doing various side hustles and just trying to make amends, ends meet, and putting myself in environments that were not necessarily conducive to my personality, nor did they make me happy or fulfilled or really anything other than some money. Um, and I suffered for that. And then you realize that like where you spend your time physically and where you spend your mental energy, even if it's just for like eight hours of the day or like four hours of the day or something, it has a significant impact and yeah. finding environments even in the in-between phases that are supportive and um at the very least don't make you hate your life yes. really makes all the difference absolutely I mean I used to get physically ill if I was in a job that was not for me anymore like restaurants not for me um I used <laughs> to my body just did not want to be there anymore and at yeah. that point it's like okay, that my body is being very dramatic, but like, yeah. I get it. Like, I'll listen. I won't put myself in that environment anymore. Um, right. right. But, but also when you're fresh, it's just like, that's all, you know, that's all that right. you're aware of um, existing. And then once you learn that there's other options, um, so many options, huge, it makes a big difference because to be able to lean into your strengths, I think I once read that, like, if you're using like three of five of your top strengths as a person, you're going to have job satisfaction. Like those numbers might be wrong. Don't quote me yeah. on that. But no, I that's mean, really interesting. Like, it makes sense though. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, it's funny because this is my first, I just uh, celebrated my one year anniversary at my job, um, which is a nine to five corporate world. Um, though I would argue on the creative side of that world. Um, and it's funny cause this is still my favorite kind of thing to talk about because striking that balance for artists is so hard and I'm still sitting, like, I'm still sitting at my nine to five thinking about, and I, and I love my job, but thinking about these conversations and how to exist in the world as an artist where you can feel fulfilled both financially and in your daily life and artistically, it's really challenging. So I'm yeah. just happy that it's, it's worked out so nicely for you at this moment. Yeah. I mean, it's taken a lot of, um, strength to be able to, I don't know, compartmentalize almost. Mm -hmm. Um, cause while I can be my full self in all of these contexts, just, I tend to get like, in flow on whatever I'm working on. Right. And mm -hmm. then it's hard for me to like switch, switch gears. So, um, I've just had to work with my own unique strengths and weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 
And I've found a way to do that after a few years, but I hear you with that. And I think sometimes it's like spending 10 minutes dancing in the mirror and listening to your favorite song will give you more of what you need than like anything else. (laughs) It's so crazy. I realized a few months ago that I don't listen to as much music as I used to because before the pandemic, I was I was walking everywhere and I was listening to more music and then being at home, I'm usually listening to podcasts because it's just like a different kind of mental stimulation. And one day I was sitting literally doing some like Excel work or some budget sheets or something. And then I put on music and I think it was like Megan and Stallion or something. And all of a sudden I was having a blast doing this thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, it was that easy. It was that yeah. easy. I just had to turn on some music. Like, I know it's so funny. I sometimes I forget about music when I'm working too. And I'm like, I, Wait, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We talked a lot about music and we talked about your um your nine to five, so to speak. But where does acting fall in all of this? Yeah. I mean, I took a break, honestly, during COVID and in my journey back to Pennsylvania. Like I've been auditioning for um commercial things and stuff like that through my agent. But other than that, um, I did take a break for a bit. Um, but you know, I think I'm excited and ready to create things again. And I think I'm going to do it very differently when I go to LA Mm -hmm. instead of spreading myself too thin and submitting myself for a million things and, you know, casting such a wide net. I think I'm going to just create things with people that I respect and care about, mm-hmm. grow my network organically. And I feel like it's just all going to work out. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to feel super inspired by these projects. And um, and I think I know what I want now. Yeah. That's a much healthier way of living. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I don't know why why exhaust yourself trying to be the best at something if you don't actually want that specific thing? Like just being aware, for example, for me, like, okay, is this fear or is this actually that I don't want this particular kind of work, for example? Um, That's just been a big um, learning for me over the last few years. And I feel pretty clear on it now. That's good. That, I mean, I don't know if you think of of the fear and the not wanting it in this way. But I remember distinctly before the pandemic, um, I had auditioned for this two person play and I didn't get it. And then a few weeks later, they emailed me asking if I was still interested because the girl that they cast got sick. And the caveat was that the dress rehearsal was on Thursday and it was like a Sunday and they were like, we'd want you to be off book. And it's a two person play. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of dialogue. And mm-hmm. I started like kind of panicking and um, my friends were like, well, isn't that what you want? You know, isn't this what you want? You should do it. Inside, I was like, I actually don't think I want to to learn this this way. Like, I don't think this is. I don't think this is like the kind of artistry that I'm looking like I get it I get it like taking opportunities when they're presented to you I totally get that but if it doesn't excite me in any way it's more scared it like scares me more than it should I feel like that's a sign that yeah. <laughs> I should take and it actually turned out to be COVID it was like literally the last weeks of February wow. so it never actually happened I didn't even the whole show shut down so Maybe there was something larger happening there that was giving me signs, but. Well, they also, I feel like sometimes a lot can get thrown at you in a very short period of time in acting. Like I once said yes to something that I thought was a staged reading and I show up on Tuesday. Turns out it's actually completely off book. Two women show. We have a lot in common there. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, I was freaking out about it, but it all turned out well. And it was a great growing experience. Um, and I, I am glad I did it in the end, but honestly, if I knew it was off book and like a fully produced thing, I don't know if I would have said yes. <laughs> it's very intimidating. Like it's, it's just a lot to ask. And I think if you're, if you're not in that position or, or, you know, you're not in that industry, it's like, it's just really hard to explain. 
Yep. Well, I think as actors, we're often like, we're maybe we were taught in school or maybe some combination, but it's like you put in a lot of unpaid work for like something that it's like, there's a lot of work that goes behind literally everything that you see. (laughs) But this, I I don't know. There's like a different level of emotional work to this that I feel like is actually what's the most draining. Yes. A hundred percent. It's like memorizing the lines, like whatever, like, yes, but it's like the toll, the emotional toll. Yeah. Yep. The, the backstories, the just thinking about it, like you need time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what kind of projects you do decide to work on when you're over there. Thanks. I'm really excited. Well, this has been lovely. Um, I just have a few rapid fire last minute questions. Yeah. Um, so let's just hit them. There's four. Are you ready? Cool. Yes. One, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had four things or more okay. actor, singer, um, inventor, and fashion designer. Oh my God. I feel like you could easily hit all of those. I know. <laughs> okay. Number two, what are some things, um, that you do to help you get centered? Breathing, get outside, go on a walk, um, essential oils, baths, candles. Those are all of the things yoga (laughs) three what have you felt drawn to recently um the sound of rain right now um calming things I've been a little on edge so anything to calm me down a little bit during this transition love that okay four and this is not specific so (laughs) you can pick how specific you want to be with it but what do you want to do next oh my gosh um I made this wonderful cup of cacao that's been sitting next to me during this interview, so I'm probably (laughs) going to drink that. (laughs) That's perfect. I love that. Thank you so much, Alicia. This has been so special, and I'm just, I'm glad that I got to catch you too before you make this big move, and I'm really excited to see, to hear and see how you thrive, because I have no doubts. It's been really such a pleasure to, like, watch you, to get to know you and to watch you through these years. I, I should have said up top, but, um, when I first moved to the city, Alicia was one of the first people I went to for guidance because I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't have anyone here really. Um, and you sat me down. I, I remember this so vividly at a coffee shop and you went over all the lingo that I needed to know audition wise and just the the how-tos, the logistical how-tos that are really boring but are really necessary to understand. And I just, I have never forgotten that generosity and I really appreciate mm. it. I remember oh. that day too. It yeah. was just passing on the things that other people have helped me with, you know? I know. I That's just what it's about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Looking out for each other. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This has been Thoughtful Intentions with Fiona Winch and Alicia Campbell.